Welcome back to your favorite sleepover podcast. We are fan dames with Parks and Nebula. That one is Parks. That one is Nebula. And we are back to talk about more cursed fandom, but also not cursed fandom this week. Last week, we hit very, very heavy <laughs> with Italia and Homestuck and got to just, you know, dig up all the, the old, old scary memories. It kind of hurt, but I was actually kind of like loving the reminiscing of it in like a horrible way, kind of like a self-punishing way where it's like, yeah, this is what's happening. I don't know what to feel about it, but I kind of like the giddiness of like, ooh, this is terrible. I hate it. Because at the same time, it's just like, I'm cringe, but I'm fucking free. And that's what matters to me. Yeah. Do I look stupid? Do I feel dumb actually kind of remembering the good parts of Hitalia and what I liked about it? Yes. Am I going to talk about those feelings with anyone else? No. That's for me. That's for me. Just me and the rest of the internet. That's fine. Well, yeah. But I don't have to openly... They're not getting this for like another month or so. Page, I mean, in terms of our uploading schedule. So people won't know that for the last few nights I've been reading Spamano fanfiction. Like I'm 13 again. That's on me though. Cheers. <laughs> she just toasted her little drink. Yeah, I did. Um, what's up? Wonderful. We covered the parts we kind of hated the most about our biggest introductions, I say, to fandom, even though, as we've kind of established, you can always be in fandom, even if you're not within a huge group. As long as you're enjoying something, you're a fan of it, you're a part of the fandom. But that was our biggest introduction to kind of more of what we focus on about internet communities and... We focused on the nightmare bits, so let's kind of, with this episode, transition into the better things we like, or more about cultivating how to make some of these more negative fandoms into something you can still enjoy and love. Yeah, definitely. And I think that this comes at a really good timing, too, because um, in our first episode, you talked about how you're like, I'm never going to watch My Hero Academia. I'm not going to get into it at all. And I, <laughs> I managed to convince you to start it. And we've been watching it together from the very beginning. And we're now in season four. And you are so <laughs> into it. And it's so precious. I'm just in love with Kirishima. I'm easy. I'm simple. You're simple. I know it's true. But go ahead. But it's it's exciting because like... You can just kind of, for a moment, forget the shitty parts of fandom and just do your own thing. And that's also what we wanted to touch on in this particular episode, because we were sitting in a writing call like, what should we talk about? What do we want to go over? And every single topic was really negative. Like, maybe we should do something positive. <laughs> so we are cringe, but we are free. That is the motto of this podcast. We are going to talk about things that make us happy and fuck everybody else. Everything makes me happy. Um, I'm just going to say, at the time of recording this, we are currently, oh shit, two days after going live officially. Um, three days if you're a patron, which we announced three days ago. So I mean, it's not like anyone's far behind. But we've already gotten such a huge reception just to episode one and the trailer. And I just wanted to say now in the beginning, thank you guys for everything. Thank you for listening to this. We've already gotten 50 downloads from episode one, and it's been three days, two days, and we wouldn't have been able to do it. So this alone, Fandames is creating a good community for us. Yeah, obviously, we're still tight-knit and small because we're in the beginnings, but this is something that Neb and I are very proud of, and we're so happy to have everybody here. So thank you for that. Um, Neb, do you want to start us off by going into your first talking point? 
I thought I had to burp. Um, <laughs> Is that what you were staring at me for? Just, yeah. I was like, ah, ah. Anyways, that's gone forever, I guess. Um, amazing. I have to burp so bad and it just won't happen. <laughs> just do it! I can't! All right, that's just what's going to happen for the whole episode. Do you want to, let's talk about content. Let's do the thing. <clears throat> Positive communities that we wanted to touch on this week. And I mentioned that, like, Parks and I have been watching uh, My Hero Academia from the start, and I fucking love this show, and I genuinely did not know that there was a toxic community around it until Parks and I became friends. And I have been a fan of My Hero for, like, two years, two, two three years now. And I, like, I saw some stuff on Twitter here and there, but it was mostly just fan art, or I saw, like, something on Tumblr, but it would pretty much just be manga theories, uh, new episode theories, how is this character related to this character, you know, typical shit. And I never saw, like, ship discourse. I never saw weird cosplay. The one weird thing that I saw was this Bakugo cosplayer. <clears throat> oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> Not a million talking points. You can't cut it. Everyone's gonna hear. Oh, you were. You're gonna commit. Perfect. I'm so sorry when you edit this later for actual Spotify listeners. (laughs) I'm yelling a lot. But there was this Bakugo cosplayer I saw um, a bunch of people on Twitter make fun of that was originally posting on TikTok that was like farm AU Bakugo talking with a really shitty Southern accent. And, like, you can sort of hear it in my voice. I have a southern accent, and it's just gone away over the years a little bit. But when I heard that, I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, this is so bad. But that was, like, it. That was that was pretty much the extent of any weird shit that was crossing my path. And so when Parks joins the chat and starts telling me, oh, yeah, I've seen all these Bakugo cosplayers on leashes, I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? So successfully... Um, fuck that. And I have managed to do that. And I'm pretty excited about that. But now I get to, like, show you all the the good stuff about the fandom and show you all the parts that I've been involved in and just kind of, like, lurking in for a couple years now. Um, which is interesting and I want to hear your experience through it now that you're four seasons deep and you're about to catch up with where the premiere actually is. It's just such a weird trade-off. And, um... That's kind of what we wanted to build on. And we have a couple fandoms in particular. But before we dive in, I do want to hear your opinion on that and your experience. Let me specifically roll through to my um, notes because I did. So, yes. At the time of episode one was like a month ago. So please note, we didn't just like run this whole thing in a marathon overnight. We've been kind of watching maybe two or three episodes every night or so. So good pace but there was a big thing um most of my first time animes are exposure from cosplays because i don't exactly go and seek them too much anymore i had a hard time wanting to watch anime back when i kind of fell into my hard league phase because like i said everything in my life was focused on league and whatever the people i was friends with were into at the time so i was watching jojo i was kind of watching naruto just a little bit because they wanted me to that was whatever So I didn't really know about My Hero until I was at a convention and I saw, like, actual teenagers doing inappropriate shit in public. 
kind of like your Homestucks, kind of like your Hitali fans. Obviously, it was a lot more subtle because at the time, it didn't have that big of an occult following because it was still like maybe season one of when the actual anime, actual anime came out. Fuck, I can't talk. Also, you keep saying occult. It's cult Shut following. Up. <laughs> Shut up. I'm talking about witches. I'm talking about witches. <laughs> You're going to insult witches, dude. Don't is- don't insinuate that witches are the same as Bakugo cosplayers I mean, on cult. leashes. I'm sorry. Actually, that's a whole thing, though. There's witch be. It's a thing. That's a thing, though. All right. I don't want to talk about that this episode. I don't want to talk about that episode. But before it had a huge following, it was like just a thing and i didn't know about it at the time because i wasn't tracking it i knew about the basic ones and when you see cosplayers kind of doing it you don't really notice until it's a big thing but there was like a bunch of Uraraka cosplayers there were a bunch of bakugos and there were so many fucking deku cosplayers which is fine cosplay whatever you want i don't care about saturation but you would get these cosplayers who are kind of doing Hold on, I'm trying to think of a good equivalency. Um, are you noticing, like, right now, I don't know how often you're looking into, like, cosplay TikTok or just general cosplay tags, but there's this kind of new wave of Danganronpa cosplayers who are over-accessorizing. There was a girl who put an actual maxi pad in her hair as a part of her abuki wig as an accessory. Shit like that. That's a thing where they over-accessorize to such an extent that it's almost not even a character cosplay anymore. It's just, like, their thing. And that's fine. I don't care if people do it. But this is kind of when that started to come about. And that's why it matters to the story. So you would see people doing that where they were like, I'm Deku, but like, I'm wearing a bunch of like rave jewelry, blah, blah, blah. And it started to kind of, now I have the burpee, pass it on to me, shit. Haha, <laughs> get fucked. Um, but it started to come as like chokers at first, which is normal. I mean, co- chokers aren't inherently sexual. They're not, there's no in- like actual meaning behind them. You can just wear a choker to wear a choker. And that's how it started with the ones with the rings. And it became kind of a thing when the Yaoi shippers caught up, which is obviously any bad community experience starts when you have the people who are fetishizing gay men. That's just the get go. Once you have people who allow that behavior, which I'm going to talk about further in when I get into more of my own personal fandoms. Once you get people like that, it starts to twist and turn into more of a toxic community because you have these people who are more focused on sexual nature than the character themselves. And that's when it starts to get down. That's a lot of where I was seeing this because I'm constantly on TikTok. I'm constantly on Instagram. I'm constantly on Twitter because that's where I have to be as a cosplayer. I don't get a choice because if I want to promote my brand, I have to stay on these social medias. And obviously... I didn't learn about cultivating my own experience until I was maybe 20 because it was just hard to because when you're young, you want to be a part of all of it. If you block someone, you possibly lose a follower or whatever. I don't fucking care anymore. But I was seeing this and I was seeing people wearing chokers in sexual ways, um, pretending and cosplaying as 15 year olds, like making out. And it was fine. Like, obviously, people can have their ships. You and I both have my hero ships, but we're not inherently disgusting about them because, you know, we know how to consume content. But you get these, like, 30-year-old parents. Note, this person I'm specifically speaking about, I am not going to say their name because I do not wish to, but a lot of the people and Patreon, I don't know if you want to cut specific, but I will leave it to you. But some of our patrons will know who I'm talking about. Some of the people who listen to this locally will know who I'm talking about. There was a 30-year-old parent who cosplays Bakugo, and they went and did, like, a photo shoot with, like, a 17-year-old. 
And it was kind of inappropriate. They did not do anything explicit, but the photos themselves were very suggestive, like about to like kiss and shit. And that was my experience. That was my beginning intro to this show. And obviously, if I'm seeing that that is the behavior of the fans, I don't want to associate with it. And that's fair. Um, I feel like I will admit to my overall bias towards it being bad was um, that was a little exaggerated and unnecessary. And I should have been more open to trying again but with what i had in terms of exposure and what i was seeing from all sorts of weird sexual tiktoks and this kind of weird dissonance where people are not holding these characters as fictional anymore like it's not a fictional thing um one of my dearest friends cosplayed as deku's mom at a convention and she wasn't even there for the whole thing she came at night in costume so she could come support me and a friend at a cosplay contest and the minute she got there, because there's a cosplay karaoke stage um, close to, like, the venue, so, or within the venue, but close to kind of where the lineup is for the cosplay contest, they had a big stage with cosplay karaoke, where they had anime songs, because, you know, it's a convention. And there were a ton of My Hero cosplayers over there. And the minute she came in, she got fucking rushed by a bunch of Deku cosplayers jumping her, actually touching her without consent. Like, calling her mom and stuff. Like, they didn't have the separation between, this is a real person, not a fucking character. And, obviously, like, when you're when you're in costume, when I'm in Supergirl and I go to events, like, where kids are, I pretend to be Supergirl. Because that's, I'm not going to shatter their disbelief. I'm not going to, or shatter their belief, you know, whatever. Suspend their disbelief. Whatever. I'm in character because I'm supposed to be doing that. That's part of my job. But when someone's at a convention... They can choose to be in character, but you can't expect those around you to also play along. Like, say, yes, I ship Supergirl and Red Hood. That's my thing, you know? That's what I like to write. That's how I do it. That's why I cosplayed her is because I'm in love with them as a relationship. That's why I have a helmet, you know? That's my thing. But I'm not going to go jump a random ass Red Hood cosplayer and be like, ha ha, you're my boyfriend. No. That's not normal. And that was a lot of kind of, sorry, I'm, this is very long-winded, but that was a big part of why I didn't want to. Um, not alone, just from the sexual content, because there is sexual content in almost any community a lot these days. Um, creators are doing their own thing. It's called Rule 34 for a reason. Like, But um, we get these like people who go and draw like the adults in the show. They go and draw their pro heroes, so they're obviously like, 30 at the time like actual adults and that's fine that's good if you want to draw like kirishima and his adult later and like he's like 30 and his cock's out that's his business i don't know but you also have to know how to tag it and how to mark it and not to put it in the popular kirishima tags because if a, chill if a child goes through there you got a mess so you have to be responsible when yeah. you do this i noticed that like on Twitter, a lot of uh, ship artists have just been using shortened versions of the ship name and like they'll tag the full ship name if it's something that's like official merch or uh, like a safe for work, whatever. Mm -hmm. Or if it's just like a like a really cute little illustration, that's fine. But if it's something that is sexual in any nature or has like mature themes to it, which does not always mean sexual content, yeah. um, then they tag it with a shortened version. That way it doesn't get caught in the popular tag. So, like, Kirishima and Bakugo, for example, the full tag would be hashtag Kiribaku. But mm. instead, they'll put K-R-B-K. 
yeah. for the like the NSFW stuff. And I think that's really wise, but also it kind of sucks because that's sort of an unspoken rule. And so whenever younger fans will be like, oh, there's more Kiribaku, I can just do like K-I-B-K or K-R-B-K. Like, fuck, that's, please don't. Get out of there. We did this <laughs> to keep away. you out. But also, it's the same people that have, like, no under 18, put your age in your bio, blocked if you don't have your age in your bio, like, no minors. And they're they're actively upfront saying these things, and then other people are getting mad whenever they have this and then have content that's deemed not okay. Like, okay, they gave you all the warning signs, and you said, that won't stop me because I can't read. <laughs> exactly. And obviously, I feel like I want to elaborate really quickly before I move forward, like, Adults can be friends with, like, depending. This is within an age range. But when I was 17, I was friends with, like, 29-year-olds because they were, like, my managers and people I worked with and people I knew. So you can have friendships with adults, but you also need to know boundaries. So, like, say if I... And I have. I've cosplayed with, like, 16-year-olds, but they were also my sister's friends. My sister was, like, the connection, so I'm not just hanging around preying on children new to the cosplay community because, you know, I want to be a predator, which is a thing people do. I don't want to go into too much detail with it because it's kind of a mess. Yeah, that's a that's a whole episode we can talk about. <laughs> we don't got to talk about grooming in here. This is not the grooming episode. No. But when you have these explicit TikToks, this person was not tagging them, ever. They said that, like... This isn't a kid's app, even though you can download it 13 up. So yes, TikTok is considered a kid's app because children can fucking be on it. Well, the majority of content creators on Our TikTok children! are like 17 or 15 and like in that age Charlie D'Amelio, who is one of the top grossing creators on that application, is 17. Bro, I wish I made that kind of money at age 17. Instead of driving a 14-year-old truck around <laughs> and working at a <laughs> That's restaurant. That's what you were doing at 17? Yes, I drove a, how old was I? Uh, yeah, it would have been a 13 or 14 year old truck at the time. And I worked at a restaurant as a hostess. I worked at a grocery store and I drove a 94 Corolla, Toyota Corolla. It was white and the tinted windows came out the back and someone stole the console. So it was like this welded green piece of shit. So I didn't even have the interior of the car anymore. <laughs> it was my baby though. Um. Anyways, yeah, this person didn't tag their content ever. So kids were seeing it. And they would be like, yo, what the fuck is this? Get this shit off my page. You're not fucking Bakugo. You're like 30. Actual comments. And they got slammed on Twitter. They got slammed everywhere. And I was friends with this person because, you know, when you see a dumpster fire and you're like, I should look away, but I can't. Oh, absolutely. I saw all of their posts. I saw all of their mad Facebook posts about kids not wanting to see their porn. Shonen anime is meant for teenagers. Like, let's just, can we just both agree on that? It's mostly made for teenagers. That's why these characters are obviously written in a college setting and then get tuned down. I actually don't know if I would agree if it's meant for teenagers. I would say that it's a young adult audience. Yes, but I'm saying like teenagers, including 17, 18, 19. But that's kind of, that is one of the reasons. Like, a lot of the times these characters are older. And then they're like, wait, we got to make this relatable to like the 18 year olds. Pull them back down. And so obviously you're going to have young people in this community. That's normal. But when you have like these 13, 14 year olds who are making explicit TikToks, I've sent you some of them. So I know you've seen them. 
you have TikToks about Deku like actually com- like jumping off a building. There's a child who jumped off his porch. There was someone who cosplayed um Baku Deku with their nine year old sister and made out with her Ugh. on the TikTok. Uh, no. Yes. I did not know that. I didn't send it to you because it was gross. Yeah, please never send me anything like that. I did not want to say that. I did not want to track it down. They also did Voltron too, so. Of course they did. But it's people like this who are being exposed to this adult content that, like, this 30-year-old was making. Like, I found these pages by going through the comments because I just wanted to see and kind of grasp the audience that was being received by the content. Literally, okay, I'm just going to kind of act this out visually, so I'm sorry everybody else who doesn't get to see. But they're kind of sitting on their bed like this in full Bakugo cosplay, and they grab on the back of the head, and it's kind of like a moaning audio, and they're thrusting their hips. So all you see is this part and, like, their hand and their hips moving. And you're like, hmm, hmm. What is this? What could this be? And you look at the comments and it's like, yes, daddy. You're like, no, 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 down. And they're all fucking 13 year olds. And you go look and they're like, here's my Ida cosplay. Um, you want to fuck my ass, Nike? Like, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. You're a child. Also, like, that gives me such um beautiful agony vibes. Do you know what those videos are? Oh, duh. Yeah, okay. So for anybody listening who doesn't know, beautiful agony videos are disgusting and you can find them on YouTube, but they're technically not explicit, says the content creators, but it's just like a face cam of people jacking off, but you don't see anything. You just see their reaction. That just reminds me of coming or drumming. Do you know what I mean by that? No, and I don't want to. (laughs) No, coming or drumming is a game where it shows people's like cum faces and then like drummers in the moment of drumming. And it's so hard to tell the difference. Like, it's like open mouth, sweaty. Yeah. I'll show you coming or drumming later. No. <laughs> but yes, it's gross. It's so gross. And none of it is tagged. It's all in the popular tag. So it's like Bakugo, My Hero, all of the normal fucking tags. There's nothing barricading this. Their profile doesn't say like no minors because they do make normal content that's not porn. I mean, they still make kind of gross suggestive content. And kind of porn. So it's not like normal content. It's the weird things. But there's no warning. And the thing is that I've been called on it so many times. Um, I went to go look at their profile the other day just to kind of see if I could find anything new to talk about. And they did a whole set of Bakugo, like actually in the hospital, getting their dick sucked. Baby, what the fuck is wrong with you? My therapist shouldn't know your name. That's all I'm saying. My therapist should not know your name from the content you're putting out. I think that has, I think that's like, an, like a, it's it's gross. I'm just trying to find the context. I think the context is a current manga arc. And I'm like, why? That's not related to that at all. It's like, I can't describe this to you without showing it to you. And if I show it to you, that means I have to go unblock them and bear witness I to never, it I never, never want to see it. I never But did I show you the it. one where they catch the wig that gets, like, thrown off a balcony? Yeah, Kay. yeah. So yeah. you know who I'm talking about. It's that person. They've done worse. But also, in what scenario are you alone in a hospital room enough where you can get your dick sucked quietly? Come on. You're gonna get rounded on. Come on, don't... Um... But another thing, do you remember the end credits for season two where it's the fairy tale thing? Yeah, totally. Bakugo wears a leash in that. No. Oh, he doesn't? Because guess no, what? No, he does not. Every single cosplayer who's ever done that outfit does. That's when we make the jump to leashed Bakugo cosplayers. I can see you steadily typing away to make sure you're not lying about his outfit. 
No, because I have to show you what it actually is. I know what it actually looks like. Because it's a really cool like. design. Oh, I know what it actually looks like. I've seen normal people cosplay it. He just has, like, beaded necklaces. Yeah. Um, that was the catalyst of people putting leashes on him. Gross. And walking him around. No, thank you. I'm saying him as if I mean the actual character, but the cosplayers. Walking them around. Yikes. So you would have, like, Kirishima's... Um, Bakugo, De- not Bakugos, Deku's walking them around. Um, yeah, and that was a thing. No, it was a thing. No, thank it was you. a fucking thing. Get on the f- con floor, you filthy pig. Could you? No. Isn't it so good that cause were canceled during this pandemic because there were people literally crawling on the floor last year? Yeah, and I want to get off this topic so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, okay, back to Anyways. the positive stuff now. Now that we've so- hashed out why this was a nightmare for me. Yeah, that's... Oh, Jesus. And, like, (laughs) I've seen some shit on Twitter more recently where it's people that will attack, like, specific ships and say you're an abuser for shipping this or, like, you're horrible because you like this character or this character. And it's, like, really dumb stuff. Like, a lot of people ship Endeavor and Hawks and people will say, like, which they're both adults, I'd like to point out. They're both pro heroes and adults. And people will still get mad and then like there's one half of people who will say fuck off they're adults it's not that big of a deal i understand endeavor has an abusive past in the show this is clearly marked alternate universe like shut up and then there's another group of people who will be like fuck yeah it's problematic what are you gonna do about it <laughs> uh, <laughs> and the real like, sin is that endeavor is just a fucking dumbass fuck that dude endeavor hot though <laughs> literally but that's only That's only, like, a small piece of it because some of the stuff that I have seen, because I like the ship of Bakugo and Uraraka. I think they complement each other very nicely, and I think that they are both compelling characters and that they are two of the only characters who have shown mutual respect to each other in the context of fights whenever everybody else will say, like, oh, Bakugo's scary or you're just being a dick or, like, that kind of shit. And Uraraka just shrugs. It's like, no, you're fine. Quit bitching about it. Which I like. And people have literally commented on fan fictions and fan art and said, like, KYS yourself because you like this ship and that kind of dumb nonsense. And people, I've seen a couple fic authors that I follow will post whenever someone has a bad comment on um, AO3 and they'll be like, I made it, boys. I got a hate comment. And it's all of these readers that are saying, like, this would never happen. This is not anywhere near close to canon. How dare you try to ship this? And the author will respond and say, hey, did you read the tags? Or did you, like, read what the story is? And they say, no, I just saw the Kachako ship and you're horrible. Fuck you. I'm going to point this out and this might make you mad at me. But I think you missed out on one of the biggest reasons why you like that ship. And it's because you want to fuck Bakugo and you want to be Ochako. <laughs> I love both of them. I'm just bi, okay? <laughs> yeah, but you want to be one and fuck the other at the same time. This applies to both. I mean, I also like Kiri Kachako. <laughs> so... I like that one. I can shake hands with that one, baby. What's up? <laughs> yeah. This is my boyfriend Bakugo and his boyfriend Kirishima. <laughs> Yes. But, like, it's just, I don't know. I, I'm also a sucker for that trope of character. So anytime I see that kind of character, I'm just like, give. What's that What's that meme on TikTok with the, with the credit card? Hand it over. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. So this has been what I've dealt with while getting back into my hero. 
Um, except I've been severely worse. I don't think we've been able to have an episode session where I have not literally barked or slammed my desk as hard as I could. Or been told this should be shut the fuck up by at least three other people. <laughs> or rewind and say, like, look at this whole booty ass. <laughs> it was once! Parts. I did that once! Twice. You did that twice. Did I do that twice? <laughs> you did it twice. Shit, I just, what was the other time? I just remember the meet on one. Actually, I think you did that three times, if I'm gonna be honest. Because I think... <laughs> I never mind. Uh, I don't know what we're talking about. That, this never happened. But... <laughs> Now that I've been able to actually sit down and kind of watch it at my own pace, um, more so with, like, three of my closest friends, one being Neb, um, the other two know who they are, it's been much easier because I have both Ray and Neb on hand to answer any question I might get, which is a big part of my enjoyment when it comes to watching stuff, is I like to know everything because it means I can have a deeper understanding of what I'm watching now. Like at the beginning, when I wanted to just know what All Might's full power was, so I'd have to sit there and be like, oh no, what does he mean by that? I didn't give a shit. I wanted to be able to have kind of the same experience that you, and love that you guys had while you were re-watching it with me. Because you always kind of get that more of a touching care when you get to see it again, you know? You get to notice little Easter eggs, stuff that you missed. And so when I get to know kind of the bigger secrets, a little bit of the bigger spoilers, it makes it mean a lot more to me. And it means I can continue to have a conversation at the same time while I'm watching and not feel like I'm missing anything in a way that like makes it hard to pick up with. Like I like being able to have a conversation at the same time. So being able to do this has given me a lot more of a love for the characters. It's given me a lot more of an understanding of everything as I watch it. And it's made it so good for me. And I figure, because the first time I did try to watch it, it was by myself and I just couldn't do it. I couldn't make it past episode one. It just wasn't for me. A part of that also changing, aside from just who I'm around, is probably because I've just changed as a person. Um, overall, I want to let myself have more fun with what I enjoy. And that's just kind of, as as you mature, it's like, you know, this was stupid then, but I didn't let myself know that it's okay for things to be stupid. So, yeah, totally. I mean, my hero's not stupid, but the way I felt stupid watching it, that's fine. Who gives a shit? Um... No one's judging me in my bedroom because I'm watching it. I don't even have to tell anyone I watched it. I can just enjoy it for myself. And I've been able to do that with you guys. I've been able to love the characters. I've been able to talk about cosplaying them with you guys in a way which... That's the easiest way to get me in is when we start making group costumes about stuff. And it's just been easy um, to enjoy. Because I've been able to build this small group. I've been able to look at fan art on my own time. Specifically sent from you or from Ray. I get to enjoy little bites and samples at my own pace, and that's made it so much better than the initial kind of deep end I was thrown into against my will. Well, yeah, and that's also, like, what <clears throat> it's taken, God, how long have we been recording? Like, 40 fucking minutes? But it's taken us this long into the, I don't know, let me check real fast. Well, okay, we started yeah, 45 at 45 minutes. We started at 5 minutes, so. Okay, so f 40 minutes. Um, But it's that topic that we wanted to touch on this particular episode because like you 
you don't have to engage with anything bad like that. You can completely curate your entire experience with something. And if you do see something bad, that one instance, you have the choice. Do I want to block this creator so I don't see this again? Do I want to log off and go do something else? Or do I want to just sit here and be angry and scroll through this whole person's page? (laughs) And for some people, that can be therapeutic because you're like, wow, this person really sucks. Okay, now I know for sure they didn't just make an offhanded comment. Um, I'm going to block them totally. Or people just like to incite chaos. And I'm not one of those people when it comes to things like fandom because I just want to enjoy shit. And I don't care. And I'm 23 goddamn years old and I pay taxes (laughs) Like, I, I nobody can tell joke. me shit when it comes to certain things like, oh, you can't watch this show because it's for this. I'm like, I don't fucking care. I don't, I don't care. I'm going to watch it in the privacy of my own home with a couple of my friends, and that's going to be my deal. And if somebody wants to get annoyed by that, then that's their own issue. And that kind of mindset is also what I've taken to, like, social media and any other group, community, what have you, around a piece of fandom. And that's why I've found such good experiences within the My Hero fandom in particular. Because I follow other adults who are engaging in the show that enjoy it, that have similar stances of, like, don't be creeps and separate, um, like, anything that's not safe for work from minor spaces and make sure that you can be critical about the stuff that you consume all right play ball like that's it it's it's really that easy and we have a lot of shared and not shared shitty experiences with multiple fandoms but i think my hero is probably one of the bigger ones um for both of us that one is the one where it's such a night and day difference between what i saw versus what you saw because you saw adults who knew what they were doing versus me who saw adults as I can get this kid's attention very easily because I'm doing content for characters they like in a sexual way and they'll eat it up because it's an adult interacting with them in a sexual way. Yeah. Kids love attention and they love getting like their very specific things fulfilled to them and people were literally extorting that within the community and that was a big issue of why I was like no fuck this I'm not going to touch this. And it's wild to me because you're like, oh, yeah, I found this cosplayer that literally reenacted like a suicide attempt of these characters. Meanwhile, I'm like, oh, I found a cosplayer who's a grown adult and they put on a shark costume and a Kirishima wig and like danced to Hank Hill's remix of a god dang hot dog. That's a thing? (laughs) Yeah, I'll send it to you. Thank you. Um, But yeah, let's move on from My Hero because before we accidentally start barking about All Might's ass again, we don't need to go into detail about what happens when we watch that show. Love him. I think Ray still has it quoted, but I said when we were watching um, Kirishima's hero debut. All three of you were muted for that. All three of you. Do you know how much shame really set in? <laughs> because it was just, it was what like the it? badass hero debut. Cut this shit out. This is only for the people who pay for it. <laughs> but <laughs> the hero music cuts on. Also because it's spoilers. It cuts on for his thing. You see him where his eyes all red from his, like, unbreakable phase because he just got stabbed a million times. And it kind of pans down to his full body. And I just say, oh, my God, I want him to harden inside of me to the point where I can't move. And all three of these motherfuckers are muted. And as soon as I say that, the music cuts to silence. And so I sit there (laughs) and I think about what I said. And my camera froze to really make me think about it more. (laughs) <laughs> and i just oh my god i hate you guys <laughs> so i've said some fucked up things watching that show not actually like fucked up to the point where i i should be um canceled on twitter but 
We also said something along the lines of like, you wanted All Might to like nut all over you or some shit, both in like big All Might form and small Might form. Small Might form, packing me, I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so... That's how it's been you watching. You just want to fuck Chris Sabat. That's yeah. actually you want to fuck his voice, his disembodied. No, he's voice, pretty cute too. Like I think he's a pretty attractive guy, so it's fine. He I don't care. He's old. Dude. He's a handsome guy. I'd let him hit it. Respectfully, though. Chris Sabat's a dilf. I'll say it. Yeah, respect. That's my Chris, handshake. Can you hear this? It's not me squeezing your tit. It's more of a handshake. <laughs> Give him a little. Just... If if you hear this, no, you didn't. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm addicted to you. I've been addicted to your um, voice since Sergeant Frog when I was eight years old and realized maybe. <laughs> We're not talking about Sergeant Frog. Move on. Um, anyways. Shut the fuck up. Okay, you talked a lot. I'm going to say things now. Yes, start okay? on your next page. Cool. Awesome. Um, The other, like, big fandom that I've been involved in in recent years, because... A lot of the shit that I was involved with when I was younger, I I guess either just did not process enough to be able to separate, like, this is good, this is bad. And it was more of just like, huh, Inuyasha's sexy. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> but a more recent fandom um, is that I got involved with the Game Grumps fandom. And I, like, I have a ton of friends that have lo- loved Game Grumps content basically since it started. I didn't even know that they existed until I was 19. And I feel like that's kind of a feat <laughs> to be on the internet that long and not know who anybody involved with um, Game Grumps was. The caveat there is I knew who Ninja Sex Party was, but I didn't know, like, or rather, I knew what Ninja Sex Party was, but I didn't know who was involved with it. I just remember watching, like, the Dinosaur Laser Fight video and No Reason Boner when I was in middle school, maybe. Um, or like early, early high school and was like, oh, these guys are funny, but also my mom's a super Christian and is going to kick my ass if she hears me listening to this. So let's just table that one for now. And my god sister showed me Starbomb when I was visiting once when I was like 17 or 18. I was like, these guys are fucking hilarious. This is awesome. My dumbass brain did not connect that there are two of the same person in both of those bands. I thought all three of these things were separate entities until I watched a Game Grumps video where they were like, we're releasing a Starbomb album. And I was like, what? 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 Yeah, I was stupid. I was in college. (laughs) Okay, wait. I can figure this shit out. Hold on. While we're on this embarrassing page, can I note? So I've seen... Almost, like, I've been pretty caught up on most Game Grumps videos for the longest time. And I never processed, and this counts for Ninja Sex Party too, I've been pretty caught up, I've pretty much seen all the videos. I did not process that that was Brian's voice until I started listening to the Late Night Podcast and I heard his voice. I was like, wait, that's been him the whole time? What, really? Wait, he broke the gimmick of being quiet? Wait, he's not just a silent- That was never a gimmick. I know. I know. I know. But, like, specifically when he's Ninja Brian, he doesn't talk, like, as is. I mean, he has in songs, but he's not as Ninja Brian when he does. And so I was like, he's never spoken before. (laughs) He's, we've never heard his voice. And I listen to the podcast, you're like, oh. Dude, okay, don't feel dumb because I had that same moment. And I was like, oh, I wonder who this guy is in No Reason Boner that's talking to Danny. That's weird. And then I, like, connected it because of some promotional video that Game Grubs had, and I was like, fuck, that's Brian! <laughs> well, it's like, I've I've seen Brian talk, but I don't 
think, like, that was within my depth. Because I don't just, like... Brian hasn't been in a Game Grumps video for a very long time. And he hasn't spoken in a Ninja Sex Party song for a long time. So it's like, I haven't heard his voice in a while. But I was listening to, like, old Ninja's um, Sex Party albums prior to finding the podcast. Because I just listened to them at work. And so I think my brain was like, wow! <laughs> That's me connecting neurons in my brain. I don't have enough to pay for, like, Spider-Man CGI. So, like, just imagine... <laughs> Just use your own brain. No, I, I get that. But, like, I also am very glad that um I fell into these fandoms at the age that I did and that, like, the, the Late Night podcast was created when it was uh, because that whole group of just people that are involved or, like, tangentially related to Game Grumps has been really integral on how I figured out what kind of people I wanted to be around. Um, whenever I found Game Grumps, I was in a really, really tumultuous time, and it was, um, like, the main thing that kept me sane. It was, like, before I got on antidepressants, and I was fighting with my college roommate every single day, and we'd been friends since we were kids, so it was, like, this big deal, and I, like, left a four-year-long relationship shortly after discovering them, so there, and I, like, cut out all these friends because I sat down and listened to a, a lot of this, like, all the life stories and things that they talked about and just kind of realized they've been through so much other shit, they didn't find their best friend until they were adults, like, I can let go of things that aren't making me happy and that's fine. And point fucking proven. I met you when I was 23. Like, and we're just, we're best friends now. And it's, it's just really cool to be a part of the really positive side of that fandom. And that is almost entirely because I didn't fucking know that Rant Grumps existed on Reddit. I didn't know that there were all these deep dive videos about like, let's discover Susie's dark secret or why did John really leave? And like, I don't give a shit. I want to watch him play Zelda. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's cool to see people that had a similar background that like I was sort of also experiencing like in this it's similar ages. Um I listened to all the uh, the Grump Out, like, I think they're called Grump on Grump, and it's where one member interviews the other about their life before Grumps. I listened to all of those shortly after I discovered Game Grumps and was just, like, amazed at all the shit that these people had been through, but also amazed at the same situations that I had been in, that they'd been in, and to see how successful they were and at a time in my life where I was making, like, really seemingly big decisions about your future. You're in college, you're trying to get through, you're trying to get all these internships and figure out what the fuck your career is going to be. And to know that, like, basically no one in that group does anything remotely related to what they did in college is very, like, reassuring in a way. Don't laugh at me. I have to burp a lot. <laughs> um, It's very reassuring to be a part of that and then to see how they, like, give back to their community that they constantly partner with fan artists to do um, all their live tour merchandising to do regular merchandising ninja sex party does the same thing um, Starbomb did the same thing they partner with fan artists to do their poster designs t-shirt designs cd designs and that's awesome because they've been in those shoots and i would much rather be a fan of something like that than to be a part of a really critical group just because, I don't know, they said some dumb shit on Newgrounds 10 years ago. Like, I, I don't I don't 
care. And I think a lot of that also, like you mentioned earlier, comes from maturing and becoming an adult while in fandom spaces and acknowledging what kind of fandom you want to be a part of. So, yeah, that's and it it sounds kind of cheesy. And I've also gotten some weird looks. They're like, you're in your 20s and you still watch Game Grumps. That's a little weird. I'm like, joke's on you. I found it when I was almost 20. (laughs) I've been watching Game Grumps since I was a kid. So like, it's kind of weird to think about that. They've been going since I was like 11 or 12. Um, That's when they first started. I've been watching since John was on there. And so it's just like, I wasn't a part of like a major following of them. I wasn't on social media, so I didn't like them. I just watched their videos on my own time. And so when it started to get bigger, like within the business, and they were doing more videos, more stuff like that, I would kind of fell out for like a minute because I was more focused on my own shit. But I kind of came back into Game Grumps when I was 18, when I was working Graves of the Hospital, because I would be in like one-to-one patient rooms all night. My patients would be sleeping soundly. Um, and I kind of have like anxiety attacks about it. So I would just sit down, put in my headphones and watch a good Game Grumps episode. And they were long back then because that was when they did like straight hour episodes. They still do, but because of the panini, it's been like 45 minutes or so maybe. Um, but I would just watch their like long form videos because they were there and they made time go by faster because it'd be like, okay, I can watch one Game Grumps episode and then I have to roll my patient or I have to go chart vitals, blah, blah, blah. And they just kind of made it through. Because when you're sitting there in a room in the dark for 12 hours, it's really easy to get anxious and kind of not feel grounded, if that makes sense. And definitely stay awake. And so I came back into Game Grumps kind of roughly near the same age that you did, but not quite. Just a little bit earlier. But I had that prior connection. And I've never, (laughs) I've never, ever been a podcast person prior to last year. I did not listen to podcasts. I couldn't handle sitting still and listening to stuff because I always had to be doing something at the same time. So while I was sitting at my computer, I wouldn't want to fucking put on a podcast. I'd put on like a show and then play a game on the side. I couldn't focus on what was being said. But when I started my job and I'm sorting through papers all day, having a podcast on helped. And so I was kind of new to it. I didn't know what to look for, so I listened to, like, my basic murder podcast, and then I found Late Night in my suggested because I was listening to Super Mega. And finding Late Night's podcast has been the best thing, and the same way that you have. Um, in about probably August of last year, I had a severe falling out with someone I considered a close friend because they grew emotionally attached to a different friend, and they brought it upon me in such a way that was extremely toxic. I was essentially their therapist and I couldn't do it anymore. And my self-worth for the longest time, for the past probably five months prior to me joining in February, was a mess. I was gone. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know how to feel safe in a group anymore. And within like a week of me joining, I felt like I knew all of you for months. I felt like I belong there and so i'm so thankful for Layton and brian and jarek all for creating like a community that i can have and we all are pretty we have for a majority we're all very similar in age i mean we have our people who are older and we have our people who are younger and they contribute to the community in their own way but when you have like you and i are close in age to Layton, and so we can relate to that in such a way that it's so close and comfortable to us 
being able to find you guys was so important because I didn't have that self worth. She was kind of around in my friend group still, so I didn't want I didn't want to talk to them anymore um, that often. She being the friend yes, you cut off. Yes, yeah. She'd be around there, and I didn't know what to do or how to feel comfortable because I didn't care if my friends cut her off. Whatever, I didn't care. It's it wasn't my business anymore. I'm not going to dictate how they feel about her and so on and so forth. So while she was around, I just kind of said, "Ah, I'm gonna go do my own thing," and I was fine with it. But it was hard to talk and feel comfortable talking in those servers because I didn't want to encroach on her, if that makes sense. So finding you guys when I did really, really brought me back in such a way because I had these people who actually wanted to hear what I had to say and these people who were interested in what I was working on and I was able to be funny there and actually like have people laugh. And I wasn't being judged for kind of being off my shits all the time, which is a thing that just happens with my illness. And not to be like, I have to act crazy because I'm the Joker or whatever. No, like I <laughs> I literally do have crazy hormone imbalances where I feel like I'm not alive. And I don't mean like I'm like suicidal or anything in those moments, but like, oh my God, my eyes are moving so quickly. Hello, who am I? Who are you? Where am I? Um... And no one's judged me for that, ever. I've never felt judged in that server. I mean, maybe once or twice, but it's always because of it's, like, a little thing. And obviously, without that, I wouldn't have found you, and I wouldn't have been able to be here. We're small business owners because of a server. Our shared interest made us business owners, and that's so crazy to think about. But we're doing it, and it's because we had this sweet spot specifically made for people who are just like us and have the same kind of exposure to life that we do. Obviously, like our personal traumas are different, but we're adults who know how to work past them. And I think uh, half of us getting therapy in that server really helps. Also, like, I just straight up did not engage with any of the shit uh, surrounding ego bang. If you... Ah. <laughs> ah, that's all I gotta <laughs> no. say. Ah. Um. Okay, wait, hold on. Do you remember the thomas jefferson miku binder person yes do you know what they draw now no it's trans aaron um and dan Shipart because of that one time that um aaron on stream said he doesn't care what pronouns are used for him because he just doesn't mind he's you know really relaxed about it people decided to go and interpret that he was trans from that and he's not he doesn't want to be identified that way because he feels like it's insensitive to actual trans people but this person draws him as trans. That pisses me off so much because he's made like multiple yeah. statements of saying, stop saying I'm trans. I'm not. It's disrespectful to trans women. Like, quit it. I'm just me. It's fine. Yeah. Like, I, in- trans ally. Thanks, King. Yeah, for fucking real. <laughs> but like, that's so disgusting. Like, if you, at the very least, if you're gonna draw something like that, don't post it. Don't you know? fucking tag them. Don't tag them. They tag them? Luckily, um, Aaron doesn't use Tumblr anymore. But, yeah, they do. They tag you Raptor on Tumblr all the time. It's really gross. But Well, and all, like, the ego bang shit that I would see, um, which it would really only show up on, like, my Tumblr dashboard or on Twitter, whatever, someone was making fun of that. And they're like, please do not ship this. You're so, like, this is such a bad Right? <laughs> Stop shipping real people. Stop fucking shipping real people. I don't care if they're in an actual relationship. Don't ship them don't yeah it's one thing to be like oh like aaron and Susie are really cute couple goals like that's one thing but to be like they're my otp i'll die for them yeah i wrote this extensive fan fiction about them like ew (laughs) 
no thank you. If someone did that about Wooper and me, I'd probably think it's funny the first, like, three times. And then afterwards, I'd be like, stop writing about my boyfriend's dick. I swear to God. I'm going to write about your tits. I'm going to write about your tits. Oh, yeah? (laughs) I'm so little. Okay. So those are your two points. You want me to go into mine? Yeah, lay it on me. Okay, so we already covered both mine. I'm just referring directly to my notes. Um, we already covered that uh, the late night Discord makes my brain go burr. Um, burr. Burr. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the Devil May Cry fandom, because that's one of my biggest ones. I currently run a pretty decent, uh, decently sized, active um, Dante X Lady ship. Uh, Discord, which isn't the primary focus anymore. That's what it began as. I'm the co-admin with one of my dear friends who is an artist in the fandom. And we have a running block list in there. Specifically, we do not target these people. One of the biggest rules of the server is you can use the block list to clear what you need. But if we see you personally going after these blogs, you will be removed from the server. So very straightforward. Yes, we list these accounts, but we do not talk to them. We do not interact with them. It is simply because we ourselves do not want to see incest content. And unfortunately, as I loop back to earlier, when Yahweh fo- Yahweh fans, Yahweh fans latch onto a fandom, it can turn for the worst. And they did with Devil May Cry. But the issue is that despite being an all-male cast, they're all related. It's all one bloodline. So the main characters, Dante and Virgil, are twins. Um, Nero is Virgil's son. So you have the people who ship Dante and Virgil, which is twin cest and brothers. You have people who ship Dante and Nero, which is uncle and nephew. And then you have people who ship father and son. Gross. Gross. That's one of the biggest things. And a lot of people, understandably, don't want to see incest porn. Or there's a weird, weird section of it because it's all demons and it's kind of a hack and slash game you get the weird incest gore fetish and it's not great so we have that specifically cultivated and because i don't have to see that content whenever i just try to browse because i'm a cosplayer for it i have two tattoos based around it (laughs) i can see the pain in your eyes um i love devil may cry i fucking love it my friends have been in zines that don't have incest art in them They've been a part of tons of projects. I've been recognized as by Capcom in their Devil May Cry anniversary post. Um, they did Holy like a, shit, what? Yeah, they did like a whole bunch of um, like skulls or not? They're not skulls, but like the heads of like the little low demons there. And they went and wrote in like Twitter usernames who went and like interacted. I'm on there, but my name's cut off. But you can tell it's me because it says Ike B Edit. Um, so that's me because I interacted with the tag. I posted my cosplays. I've been a part of it. So I'm in love with Devil May Cry. It's one of my favorite animes that I comfort watch. It's my favorite game series. I've replayed five, maybe 20 plus times because it's just whatever. I've mastered all of the combos for all four playable characters within Devil May Cry 5. Um, I mastered Lady and Trish's and played them through on the hardest difficulty on four and for Dante. And I didn't play it on Virgil because I don't give a shit about him, but... I've written fan fictions, I've read fan fictions, I've made fan art, I have animation going that no one's ever going to see until I finish it, which is be whenever the fuck, because it's my first time animating, so it's taking me a while. I'm so enamored with this game and what it's done, but if I didn't allow myself to just block these motherfuckers, I don't think I would ever be as far as I am. 
because their sensitivity, they'll call you like soft and they'll call you like dumb snowflakes or they'll call you hetero or they'll call me homophobic because you don't want to see brothers kissing, stuff like that. And if that was what I let myself sit through, I don't think I could do it, you know? Like if I have to, it's, you don't have to sit there and force feed yourself things you're uncomfortable with, right? That's pretty straightforward. But when it came to other things, I didn't process that first. So I think Devil May Cry was one of my first kind of intros to, if I don't want to see this, I don't have to. And it was really fucking good because now I have this whole support system of people within this server and we're kind of all moving on doing our own thing. We're all still close. We all still support each other in our artwork and our projects. And we have people, they've listened to the podcast episode already that came out and they support me. We, I support them. We just, we always have stuff to talk about because of our shared interests and because we didn't let this weird incest shit ruin it for us, you know? So this one's probably going to be the most long-winded um, of the talking points, specifically within Do my it. fandoms. And we're going to talk about League of Legends. This has been a long time coming. Specifically, we're going to talk about the... Hey, what's up, friends? Uh, while I was editing this, I remembered that Parks's mom just barged into our recording session for a second, so uh, I had to cut out a lot and some of the context got lost. Um, anyways, we're going to jump back into the League of Legends thing. Okay, bye, I love you! So I've been a... back on, back on track. I've been in the Tumblr roleplay League of Legends community for six years. Er, yes. Six, um, because my Draven blog I had for a year, even if I didn't interact fully, I was there. I was lurking. And then I've been on Lux for five since 2016. So, whoo! There's a lot of gatekeeping, a lot of toxic communities, and there's a lot of weird relationships within the community, just specifically within the Tumblr part. You would have these weird politics constantly. You'd have people who would be extremely racist all the time, openly. And if you chose to, like, hate them, it was a political thing. And you would have, like, half the Tumblr on your back. It was crazy. You would have these people who would write lesbian characters. And then they would come after you if you were a man. Like, they would attack you, even though the guy writing it was a dude. In the roleplay community, there was so much lesbian fetishizing that I had to stop. I did not write. Like, I went single ship with my partner and said, I'm not going to write with these people anymore. I will maintain my blog. I will write my own stuff, but I will not interact anymore. And I started doing that around then. So, unfortunately, this did not sway. <laughs> this did not sway my thoughts because I was so in love with the writing that the game puts out, the skins, the stories, the cinematics all kept me in. And I'm glad it did. Come about 2018, I believe, is when this happened. Yes, because. Yes. So 2018, KDA drops Popstars. That's the fake band that League of Legends owns with four in-game champions and a skin line, but they actually paid real people to come and perform for them. Two members of G-Idol, which I love, and then they had, oh fuck, it's Madison Beer. I think it's only those three. Yes, because Kaisa didn't get a singing line. So that comes out, and it skyrockets. It went so big that you had K-pop fans now joining the League of Legends community. And that's fine. It's great. I'm glad the game blew up, because it's one of my favorite things in the world. It's what I do most often. I've cosplayed it. I, it owns me. I've already established this in prior episodes. It owns me. And it brought this thing. But there's this thing within the game, and they're usually referred to as toxic top lane mains. And these are men, specifically 
who only play like the big hyper masculine champions who are super easy to play and they're very toxic and they're like the anti-e-girl guys you know when kda got big it kind of started this kda stan twitter and it's just you know women people lgbt people barbs from Nicki minaj fans stuff started to kind of cultivate and it became this huge huge thing against these top lane mains on twitter because if you ever even looked at a female champion they would call you like slurs and they would attack you which only motivated like stan twitter um to fight back and it creates just this toxic atmosphere no matter what and it happens on every single league post now it's been happening since 2018 but even more now because kda has come back last year it's so hard to interact with kda twitter it's so hard to interact in general i mean if you know like their behavior and you know that like they're fucking with you it's fine you know but for my own mental health i've had to block a lot of them and i don't even mean it for like they're bad people they're the shit they're saying is so stupid but watching these fights between both communities was so difficult and it weighed down so heavily on me because it's just like i'm just here to play the game i'm just here to write the characters i love play the characters i love buy the skins i enjoy i just want to be a part of this game i want to support my content creators i mean i've been in a league of legends zine with my art and my writing i've i've been in this like this is my thing and I don't want to let it go because of, like, these conflicts, and so I've blocked them. Um, sometimes I'll go and unblock them, and, like, if I feel like it's a better atmosphere. But I don't have to make a big deal when I do, you know? I don't have to be like, haha, blocked this person, which is a thing people do if you didn't know that. But doing so has made it so much easier to enjoy this game. It's so good to just kind of eliminate and isolate the thing that's causing you grief. And I mean... I have a lot of friends in the esports community specifically for League, so being able to focus more on like the esports community and the art communities only has made it so much more to like me personally because I get to see the real impacts that individual rioters go through when they're doing their art. I get to see every step of the way of how they contributed to a splash art or to an in-game thing or like when people on Legends of Runeterra go, like the actual artists... Hell, one of the artists for Legends of Runeterra, their email artist, was in the Tumblr RP community. These are people that I got to know through roleplay that now work industry-level jobs, and I got to see that. So obviously, this is something I want to stay in support because I know these people. And when it comes to esport casting, I watched one of my friends who was doing like small-time tournaments. He is now on Tyler One's streams. Tyler One is one of the biggest like like league streamers like of all time. He's been invited to LCS many times. He's done Twitch Rivals. Like, but he's a big deal and he gets to be on those streams now because of him pursuing what he knows. And yeah, people give this game a lot of shit and rightfully so. Sometimes the game is toxic, but they're working to improve it every day. You get these pockets of where it doesn't work at all or whatever, or one bad person can kind of ruin a look. And that's fair. I mean, that's normal, and that's fine for people to choose when it's not for them. But being able to stick with it has done so much for me personally. It's done so much for my friends in terms of their careers. It's done so much in terms of connecting me. I met Connor through League of Legends. He writes Jarvan. I wrote Lux, and we started shipping them. And because of that, we've been together for five years, and we're getting married in a few months. Like, 
everything I have is because of League. And so being able to still hold on to it because I learned how to cultivate my feed has saved me in so many ways because it's introduced me to my closest friends. I met Ray and Ryan through League. I've I've met almost everyone I know through League. And so when I was kind of trapped in my house, especially when the pandemic started, I already had this, you know? Like, I had people who I could hang out with every day because I could just go play a bunch of League matches or play some Valorant. I had my circle. And so being able to not fall out of love with it has really kept me sane. Um, yeah, I just ranted for a long time. I'm sorry. No, but that's really sweet. And, like, I think that it's... It's really cool that you and I both have individual experiences with what have historically been very toxic fandoms, but have like truly made the biggest impact in our lives. And we would not be in the same position without them. Pardon me. <laughs> Us just burping, sneezing. <laughs> Ugh. We're great. We're doing great. But yeah, fandoms can be both. I mean, obviously, if your content material itself is kind of a toxic thing to begin with, maybe not. Maybe this isn't for you, but you can make a good fandom anywhere. And also, like, you can still say that you're a part of the fandom. If, like, we had someone in our Discord server talk about this, that they said, I've never considered myself as part of fandom, but I have been a big fan of tons of things, and I've, like looked at this, uh, like, I've looked at fan theories, I've read this, I've watched that, whatever. Like, dude, you're a part of fandom. Like, you're you're in fandom if that's everything you've been doing. If you like something and you engage with additional content for it, whatever that additional content is, you're a part of fandom. There's no need to gatekeep yourself or be weird about it. And on, like, the reverse of that, you don't have to be a part of the fandom if you don't want to. Like, I don't, you can judge me if you want. I watched the first um, or like the pilot for Hasbin Hotel whenever it like shortly after it came out. I didn't know shit about it. And I was like, oh, this is nice. This is fine. Like it was fun to watch. And I didn't really care after that. I sat down, watched it, was like, cool, whatever, and moved on. And then like months later, everyone's like, this artist is horrible. These people that like it are so cringe. We've been and saying I... that the artist has been horrible before it came out. I didn't know who did it. Oh, I didn't know what it was or who made it or whatever. And so I just was like, okay, cool. Glad I wasn't super invested in that. Goodbye. Like... I saw Fizzy Pop draw snake pedophilia. Um in real time so when they're like i'm working on husband hotel i was like oh my wait i need you to back up they drew a so they have their original characters one of them is a 16 year old or i think 15 year old student and the other is a teacher they drew their student they're in a relationship these two are in a relationship and they jump porn of them they've drawn their 16 year old character being um r-worded by a snake like an actual snake not an anamorphic snake like an actual snake Tying them up and R-wording them. I'm purposely censoring it here because I don't want to say yeah. it. But, yeah, I had to watch that be posted and I blocked them respectfully afterwards because <laughs> holy okay. shit. Well, and I didn't know any of that. I was just like, huh, fun colors, weird demons, songs, sure. like Yeah, and it got blown up, but... Yeah, Vipsy Pub's not a good person, so it's a good thing it's not a hill you want to die on. I'm glad that you're like, this is a thing, whatever. Yeah, I just, I consumed it once, was like, all right, neat, I guess. 
That's fine. It was it was fun to watch once, and then I was like, all right, goodbye. <laughs> and that's all it should be. Yeah. They did hell of a boss, too, just so you know. I know they did. I have not seen it. It's not worth it. But, yeah, you don't have to be in a fandom to be in a fandom. And if you don't want to participate in fandom, you don't have to. You can still be a fan of something, regardless of whether or not you want to participate in fandom. It's always been a thing. And I mean, obviously, like... When you come from our backgrounds, personally, I'm a con goer, so I've always been a part of fandom because that's most of what con going is. You're here to celebrate your fandoms. Like I, I don't, I don't. It's pretty points. It's straight. It's straight to the point. You're here to celebrate your fandom, so celebrate your fandom. You're a part of the fandom. You're here for that. But say like I was never in the Marvel fandom before, and I'm kind of, but not really. I don't want to engage too much with it. I'm not going to go talk about my fan theories online. I just want to watch WandaVision quietly in my house, and that's it, you know? Well, also, I think that there's, like, this weird divide of what people define fandom as. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people want to reserve fandom for exclusively, like, video games and anime, which they do fall in that category, but, like, Marvel has a fandom. It's mostly comprised of 29-year-old white guys who think they know everything about it, but it is a fandom, and it's, like, weird things like that have fandoms that people who hate that word and who hate other people associated with it don't want to associate with, but, like, swallow your pride, shut the fuck up, and embrace it if it's something that you enjoy. And you yeah. want to actively participate in. That's the caveat there. You want to engage in whatever content is around that. There you go. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of it actually comes from like, there's a lot of gatekeeping. And you know this full well. I know this full well. But when you see these people gatekeeping, that's a lot of reason why I didn't want to interact with the like DC fandom. And it's a fandom. Fuck you guys. I don't care if it's not masculine to call it a fandom. I don't give a shit. Because have you noticed? That's a lot of like... It's a feminine word. Like, people think that because yes. it's fandoms, it's all women. And so they're like, fuck that. Because Harry Potter fandom was one of the bigger ones in the time. I'm not a part or of Harry Potter. children. Fuck that. It's either women or children. Yeah. And so they're and, like... Or queer. Oh, I just smacked ooh, that. Or, especially. or queer. Yeah. Yeah. And so there were a lot of queer individuals in the Harry Potter one in particular. Yeah. I'm sorry. Continue. No, it's fine. We're interrupting each other. It's what we do. Um, <laughs> We run a podcast. We have a conversation. But... People saw this as a put down. They're like, fuck you. I'm not a pussy. I'm not in a fandom. I just kind of have a bunch of stickers on my car and read every single comic and show that's ever come out and then go and talk about my theories online. But this is not a fucking fandom. Yeah, dumbass. <laughs> go tell me about, go get on your Reddit thread and tell me about how Captain America's not racist. Come on. Come tell me. Come participate in the conversation. You're in a fandom, motherfucker. You are a fan. You are such a fan that you have devoted your life to this. Not like your entire life, but a chunk of your life and your time goes into expressing how much you love and care about something. And normal people don't do that. They don't do that. That's kind of a specific thing for something you hold near and dear. And obviously, just because like I'm a fan of, oh god, what's something obscure. Um, I'm a fan of Disney movies. I don't make my whole life Disney movies, you know? Like, just because I am a fan of those doesn't mean I feel like I'm a part of their fandom, and that's fine. But when I say I'm a part of, like, the League fandom, or I guess... Oran High School Host Club or something. I am a part of the Oran fandom. Um, like, the Dragon Ball fandom. Yes, those ones I'm very much a part of, and that's because that's where I choose to dictate my time. Fandom is a community, and if you want to be a part of that community, you can. That's fine. If you don't want to, then don't consider yourself a part of the fandom. But, I mean, by proxy, you are. 
Like, you're there until you say, no, I don't think it's really for me. I just want to do my own thing. But you can do both. It's multi-track drifting. You can do both. (laughs) You can say, I don't really want to participate with the fandom, but I want to create within the fandom. And that's what Neb does. She doesn't really participate openly with a lot of stuff. She's not there posting her theories, but she'll post, like, her Bakugo fan art and be like, I made this. Okay, goodbye. Here you go. (laughs) Exactly. You're like, this is for you. Now I dip. And that's it. That's what matters. So essentially just do what you want. And there's no reason to feel guilty about it, I guess is what I'm really trying to say. Like, give things a try. Don't let people around you be what ruins it for you. Obviously, you're always going to have naysayers and people who don't like what you're consuming or doing. But that's just kind of whatever. As long as you know how to consume this content in a way that's productive. And you know, like, obviously, this is a very specific example, but I was in the Hannibal fandom, (laughs) and there were a lot of people who did not know to separate that maybe just because we watch fictional cannibalism, cannibalism not good. What a concept. What a concept. And there were people who genuinely didn't believe that, which was a surprise, because oh my god, people aren't food. But me, as an enjoyer, a connoisseur of such content, I knew... Yes, I can write and read fanfiction about this, but I also know from a rational standpoint, this is not something to interact, this isn't something to copy, and this is definitely not a healthy thing. This is something that I am consuming knowing it is fictitious and it will not actually affect my real life or my perceptions in any way. And that's the way you need to consume that sort of content. And that's a lot of what some people miss, especially like within the My Hero fandom, which is why I stopped wanting to watch it because people weren't separating the characters from the people behind them when they were cosplaying or when they were writing or when they were drawing. That separation is what makes fandom a basically a make or break kind of fandom where it's like, do I want to interact with this or do I just really, really not want to even breathe near it? You know? Well, and like, I also have a very specific experience um, where, like, I don't say that I'm a big Pokemon fan. Or I don't mm-hmm. say that I'm in the Pokemon fandom or anything because I've only played, like, two or three games. I have only completed, like, one, but I well, grew up around it. I watched the anime. Like, all my friends are really into it. I don't give a shit about min-maxing. I don't give a shit about any of the fighting or the secret techniques. All I care about is, is it small, round, and cute? Cool. Join me. Be a part of my group. (laughs) And that is a completely valid way to consume something. That is Mm -hmm. a totally normal thing. And it's also totally, like, normal and valid for you to be really into the stats of it, to be really into the IVs and whatever. Like, I have a friend who they um, are so into Pokemon Go and they are so, like, adamant about, oh, well, I caught this and it's community day. So this, like, Pokemon's going to have a higher chance of having, like, maxed out IVs if I go to this area or if I go with this group and go to this raid. Like, awesome. If that's how you want to spend your time, cool. But I'm just like, <laughs> Vulpix cute and that's fine. When I was in college, <laughs> I went to go buy my textbooks. It was the beginning of a semester. Um, and it was right whenever Sword and Shield came out. Um, it was like right before they came out. So it was a couple weeks, I want to say. And I went to go to the bookstore at my, um, college campus. And there's like, most of the bookstore is underground in the student union building. And so I had to like go down these stairs and I went sort of later in the evening. It was like five ish Mm -hmm. and, uh, they were like closing soon. So there was really only one student there. 
And I walked up and told them my name and told them what I had to get and everything. Um, and I have a Zelda lanyard. Um, and I also have like a diva keychain and a Twilight Princess Link keychain. I have, I have shit on my keys. Yeah, that's normal. <laughs> I'm a fucking nerd. And so I set my keys down so I could get my student ID out of my wallet. And the guy was like, oh, I love your lanyard because it had the Hylian eagle on it. And I was like, oh, haha, yeah, I like Zelda. And we were talking about Breath of the Wild for a minute. And I was like, yeah, Breath of the Wild, it's great. And he's like, oh, so you have a Switch. I'm like, well, no, my partner does. And I play on his Switch, but I'm like hoping to get one soon. And he's like, oh, you should. And you should definitely get like the new Pokemon. Are you a fan of Pokemon? And I was like, yeah, I like Pokemon. And he... <sighs> No. Damn it! I wish I, I wish I could remember what his shirt said. But he had like a really cringy like J.C. Penny dollar section graphic tee on, and like a like a black and uh red um, what is it like flannel shirt that was open? Oh, and he baby. had like I know what like you're the, about to like say the to flat me. cap. He had like the flat cap on and shit. Did he have headphones around his neck? Uh no. <sighs> he had he had his work lanyard on. And I was like, oh, I don't really know if I'm going to get Sword or Shield. Um, I, I think I'm going to wait until, like, all the reviews come out and see if I do want to get them. Because I'm not really impressed with a lot of the, like, footage that we're seeing so far mm-hmm. of gameplay. And he took this so personally. And um, I graduated college early. I graduated when I was 21, which usually you're 22 when you graduate. Yeah. But, like... I was starting my senior semester and I was like, I'm not dealing with this shit. I'm not putting up with this shit. I'm not here for anything that this stuff, like dumbass sophomore has to tell me. I don't care. And he was so upset. He's like, well, you're a fan of Pokemon, right? Like, yeah, totally. I, I, I like Pokemon. Like, well, which ones have you played? Like, I don't fucking know. I played Pokemon White. I've played, like, an emulator of some of the older ones, but I never beat them. I play Pokemon Go all the time, and I really like Let's Go Pikachu, like, which are valid things. You could be a fan of Pokemon and only play a few of them. Um, It's just because I didn't have Nintendo growing up, so I didn't play a lot of them when I was a kid. And he got visibly angry at me and was like, well, if you're really a fan of Pokemon, you'd buy both Sword and Shield on release day. I'm not going to spend $120 on a game that looks like it would run better on a PlayStation 2 than on a Nintendo Switch. Hey, Sword and Shield ran beautifully. Fuck you. Well, this was before it came before out. It was and fixed. this was with just, yeah, all the, the pre, like, pre-launch like um, pre gameplay that had basically just textures for all the trees. And it just, it didn't look good. And I was coming off the heels of just playing Breath of the Wild for the first time. So I was like, this is horrible to see what Breath of the Wild was capable of and then to see how they were marketing Sword and Shield. I'm like, this shit, whack. And I was uh, listening to what my friends were talking about because they were a little more heated about it whenever there was like the controversy about them not putting in every Pokemon and not adding in new animations. And there were there were other things that had been in previous games that players were upset about. And I just didn't know a lot about it. So I'm like, I'm not going to go spend $60, let alone 120 on a game that I don't know jack shit about and I don't think looks good. Players are mad that Pokemon moved the same way Pokemon moved before. Oh no! Did Pikachu jump? Oh god, how dare it? Come on, dude. That- well, that was that was the problem, is that they <laughs> supposedly had better animation cycles like two or three generations back, and then they cut the animation cycles, and that was what a lot of people were upset about. 
Yes and no. So they were mad that they didn't like use the more kind of flat textures before, but they used the same ones that Sun and Moon had, which was fine. They were good, they, but they were mad. They're like, you used Sun and Moon animations. Like, this is cheap. Like, Pokemon move like Pokemon move. I don't know. I'm sorry we didn't like reinvent the wheel for you guys. It's it's a Pokemon game. Just chill. Just play your Pokemans. Calm down. Yeah. I I still don't have like any solid opinion either way on Sun and Moon. What I do know is that I was as an artist and as a gamer mildly gamer TM, mildly um annoyed whenever Game Freak came out and said like, "Well, we don't have the production time or manpower to um, put every model in for every Pokemon. And mm. then whenever it did come out, they were like, oh yeah, we reused like half the models from Sun and Moon. Like, so you just lied. So you just lied. <laughs> but it's like, it's their game! Fuck you, who cares? Overwatch uses the same thing over and over and over again. You keep spending money on it. I don't. I don't play Overwatch Not anymore. Not you. I mean dumbass gamer boys in general. No, I know. And that's like what this guy fell into that category of that he just bought shit Quite without questioning anything or without saying maybe I should wait and not spend a hundred plus dollars and see if I'll actually like the game. Mm-hmm. And since this is not Nerdtastic Galaxy, I'm gonna say this, and when Rupert hears this episode later, he'll get mad. But Call of Duty fans don't get to narc on people playing Pokemon about the same game being released when they've been playing the same game for the last ten years. Whoop only plays like two Call of Duty games. He doesn't actually like all of them. Uh, no, I know, but I'm just slandering the whole franchise. I don't mean just him. Oh, I'm just go mean ahead. French. I fucking hate Call Fuck of Duty. Fuck this franchise. Like, but those dude bros are like, Pokemon's the same game. Bitch, you've been running and shooting for the last 10 years, and you're still not good at it. So, like, I think I'd rather play my cute, like, Mudkip game than deal with you. <laughs> Fuck Call of Duty fans. Release the same game and go spend $60 on it again, dumbass. <laughs> I think that both diehard Pokemon fans and diehard Call of Duty fans go outside and touch grass. You're playing the same game for 20 years. like Right? And they'll get mad at, like, Stardew players. They'll be like, uh, real girl gamer, I bet you play Animal Crossing. Dude, you've been running and shooting for the last 10 years and you're dog water. You're, shri- you're shit. You're the worst I've ever fucking seen. You've been doing this for so long and you still have no idea how a sniper works. Can you fucking get over yourself? If I want to go and fucking, like, plant some turnips, fuck you. That's my business. At least I'm enjoying it. Y'all, what are you doing? Breaking your computer in half and yelling at your mom? Come on. Get real, bitch. Um, if you were really an Animal Crossing fan, you would know that you don't actually plant the turnips. You buy the turnips with the stock market. And then you set them down and then you forget about them. Did you like my very annoying Yes, oh my god. <laughs> yes, you perfected the craft. But that was, that's my Pokemon experience. I like Pokemon, some... but I don't min-max. Connor does because he plays tournament and he gets mad because I don't use move itemization. I use the one that hit hard and that's it. <laughs> Same. It's like, this one lowers their critical attack and makes it so they get one shot. No, it doesn't do damage. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. I'm not going to sit here and plan out everything. I just I will see hit them go, you Rawr! and that's it. <laughs> yeah. Um we're currently playing like an MMO version of Pokémon called Temtem and you can play co-op. So he sees all of my moves and he knows I'm doing it. He's <laughs> like you're not really itemizing your moves, are you? I'm like, mm, no. <laughs> well, like that's why I like Kingdom Hearts. I've had this discussion on the Galaxy. Yeah, I know. But like I like 
I like Kingdom Hearts because you put key in hand, hit X, smash enemies. That's why I like Devil May Cry. Go play Devil May Cry. You'll love it. I mean, you have to be a little bit more smart about your combos, but... Which game would you recommend I start with? Because I have always wanted... With three. Okay, I've always wanted to play Devil May Cry, but I never knew what to start with or how to get into it. You can currently get them now. This is a... PS4 has the HD, HD collection, which has Devil May Cry 1... Devil May Cry 2, which you can skip, and Devil May Cry 3, Dante's Awakening, which includes all the DLC, including Virgil's playthrough. And then you can buy four on the store because they don't, um, they only sell like technical physical copies in Japan. So rough, but you can buy the full on the PlayStation Store for both, I think four and five have it. And then you can buy Devil May Cry 5 on PlayStation 4, and I think it's been adapted to the PlayStation 5. But you play them in order of three, one, two, and then you watch the anime, and then you play four, and then five. But you can skip two, because two is actually really bad. Okay. Um, so I have, I, have a, I have a laundry list now. I want to play all the Metal Gear Solid games that I own, because I own like six or something. I need to replay um, them. And I've never played them. <laughs> yeah, I've played That's a, a lie. I've played... I've played one on the PS3 a little bit. I played like, I don't know, f- six hours of it or something. But I need to play all the ones that I have because I have them as far back as like PlayStation 2. Mm-hmm. And my PlayStation 2 is an original and still runs like a fucking dream. And um, I need to play Devil May Cry. Yes. Um, There's another series that's been on my list for a long time that I need to play. That's escaping my brain at the moment. Oh, oh Final Fantasy. I have a couple Final Fantasy games I need to play too. A lot of them you can skip on Vita, and that's coming from an well, actual fan. I have, fan. like, I have 15. Just play the 7 remake, and that's it. And I have the 7 remake. Yeah, the first part, at least the release. The second part. one will come soon. I think it comes out this year, actually. I know I've gotten a trailer for it, but yes. So, play Devil May Cry. I can beat each one in, like, a night, probably less than now, because I know their combos really well. It's one of my favorite games of all time, because it's just a fun hack and slash, and that's what matters. And the characters are hot. Dante is so hot. He's a himbo. We can simp over Dante together. Amazing. And the girls are hot. They're fucking hot. Beautiful. Yes. We're coming on two hours. Damn. Which just means that this is only 30 minutes of exclusive. That's a lot of exclusive, That's a lot of exclusive. Though. But watch, we're gonna post this. They're gonna hear us talking right now, and they're gonna- we're gonna post this, and they're like, That wasn't enough, you dumb whores. Get back to it. Hold on. Have you seen the movie Kung Pao? Yes, of course I have. Yes, <laughs> yes. Ah! Okay, I've never, I've never met someone who has already seen it. I've always had to show someone this because when you said like that, that's a, that's enough extra content. All I wanted to say was that's a lot of nuts. <laughs> That'll be four bucks, baby. Would you like fries with that? <laughs> oh my god! I love that movie so much. <laughs> If you haven't seen Kung Pao, it's required fucking reading. Wow. Chosen one! (laughs) I'm coming! God, I love that movie. I watched that when I was far too young. My dad showed me that when I was like six. (laughs) I think I watched it when I was like six, seven at my aunt's house. And I didn't know any of the jokes because I was a baby. I was like, this is too clever for my little brain. I mean, I got most of them, but they were the ones that were like... Some that were cheeky and a little too clever, you know? And so I was like, I don't know what the fuck you just said, but I'm gonna laugh. 
I keep like having these discussions with you and Wooper for the podcasts and I keep noticing little teeny tiny things about my childhood that I'm like, oh yeah, I really wasn't straight like ever <laughs> because I was thinking about <laughs> I was thinking about the scene when they're all fighting in the meadow and there's the one random blonde with the big boobs and she like falls <laughs> gracefully onto the grass and, and as a kid at her I was like the whole time. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> Can't wait. Who was your first girl crush? Go. Uh, I feel like it was several at the same time, if I'm going to be real. Probably Shigo from Kim Possible. Weak. Well, I also really liked Kyrie from Kingdom Hearts. Uh, what else did I like at the time? I liked Songo from Inuyasha. Songo's hot. Mm-hmm. I guess from that like age, that's all I'm really thinking of. There's more cartoon ones that I are, that are escaping my mind at the moment. Mm-hmm. Why are you laughing at me? <laughs> I'm not laughing at you. <laughs> what? Mine was Caillou's mom. <laughs> she was just so nice. <laughs> she put up with so much. I was like, mm, I like that. And now we're like MILFs, so I mean like, whoosh. Brady, Brady, go Caring, nurturing mother. Kind of a baddie. Loosh. Okay, so did you also have a crush on Zach and Cody's mom? Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You know the one where she, like, puts on the dress to go on a date, and then it turns out it was with Arwen? Um, yeah. Yeah. Caillou's mom kind of a baddie, dude. (laughs) Oh, my God. So everyone's gonna pull up a picture. She got the dump truck. I never watched Caillou, so You're so lucky. That kid knew how to throw a tantrum. Here you go. She kind of thick them. Look at those titties. Oh my! No, she looks exactly like my um one of my best friends from middle school's mom. Like this is so uncomfortable. Oh, this is a at. meme. I was scared for a minute. I was like, "What is this?" Ah! It's a meme. Oh my god! That no. Uh, oh, also she... Arthur's mom. Arthur's mom could okay. get it. I need I need everyone to know that Parks just no, sent don't, me an don't image. It. It says Caillou, and it has his mom uh sitting on her knees. What looks like is about to hug him from behind, but her hands look real creepy, and he has a very distressed expression on his face. And the caption says, Daddy isn't home right now. Stop. It says Caillou, Daddy isn't home right now, like the book cover. I already said that it said Caillou on But you didn't it, say that. It sounds like the book cover. Come on. Okay, well, there. Yeah, I'm sorry to- you just That's the same MILF. That's the same MILF in two different animation styles. One of them said, they're wearing the same clothes. Oh my god. Yes. It's the same one. Yeah. The hairstyle's the same. Like, dude. But realistically, after, like, my MILF thing, it was, like, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, um, Jesse from Pokemon. Oh, God, I love yes. me a she mean was, lesbian. Yeah. <laughs> same. And MILFs. What can you do? So do you, do you ship Ash's mom with Jesse? Oh, fuck yeah. Um, I also think that Mr. Mime could get uh, Ash's mom. I think Professor Oak totally plowed the shit out of his mom. Oh, absolutely. That's the reason he sent him out. Come on. The professors just send you out so they can fuck your mom. <laughs> Go! Shoot! Here's your Pokemon! Go! That's why you're only ten whenever they send you out. Like, I've been stuck in here sexless for ten years. Get the fuck Please. out of here. That's why you're dead. <laughs> oh, what the fuck? Hello? <laughs> what happened Hello? to you, boys? There was, like, a mucus plug in there. You heard that, though. They are like, Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Hello. 
Gotta take a little sippy sip. Yeah, so I can... Oh my god, help. Girl, help! Help me, girl! Help! Anytime I see the girl help meme, the only way that I can read it is, girl help. (laughs) Okay. Um, thanks. Thanks for listening to us be fucking rabid animals about (laughs) fandom. Did we even have our productive conversations? (laughs) Yes, I think we did. I think we did. Um, basically what it boils down to, at least for this episode, is curate your fucking online spaces and cringe isn't real. Go have fun. Goodbye. That's it. Where can we find you, Nebula? Yeah, <laughs> I was waiting for that. Uh, <laughs> you can find me on um, Tum. <laughs> yeah. Oh, on God. Leave this part in. No. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Nebula underscore Inky. That's I N K Y. Um, I post a lot of art and a lot of bullshit, so you can. Follow me there. Parks, where can they find you? You can find me at my Instagram at Crown Guard Cosplay. You can find me on Twitter at Little Light B. You can find the podcast under Fandames Pod on Twitter and Instagram, as well as our Patreon, Fandames Pod, which we have if you sub to this Patreon under any of the tiers, our Super Saiyan, our Pro Hero, and our Sailor Scout. You will all get unclipped versions of this audio, unfortunately. Um, you can also participate in our sticker club. If you look at our link tree, we have ways to stream us on every platform. We have ways for you to donate to us, and we have ways you can buy our merch. So if you want to support yeah, we us, we got stickers up. We got stickers yes. up already. We're looking at getting more designs done. We're looking at things that we want, and if you want more, you can tell us directly in the. Currently, we're being hosted in the Nerdtastic Galaxy Discord, so you can tell us there. Or you can tell us in reviews for this podcast, or you can just email us at fandamespod at gmail.com. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's that's basically it. That's all. Damn. I don't know. I don't know how to end a podcast anymore. I usually let you do it. So, uh, Parks' mom came in a second time, and we <laughs> lost our place again. So we'll just jump back in right here. I don't remember what I was You were talking about by the time that we record the next, or by the time this goes live, I'll have my first tattoo that Neb picked out for me, and it's a really bad frame of Beerus, so. It's to celebrate Fandame's launch. By the time this episode goes up, you'll have your uh, notoriously bad frame Beerus tattoo on your ankle. Yes, I will. And I'm so excited. It's not like I even was like, haha, you should totally get this, Parks, come on. I just sent you a picture and was like, lol, look at this tattoo. And I said, bet. And you said bet and messaged your artist. <laughs> the things we do for comedy. All right. Well, maybe if we get to like 50 patrons, I'll consider getting a bad frame Bakugo tattoo. You will. <laughs> I only have one tattoo. I have commitment issues. Wait, you only have one? Yeah, it's this one. Oh, yeah, I knew that. I've seen it. I just forgot. I for some reason thought you had more. We talk I, about tattoos. I forget a lot. I have it all the time. I so. forget I have like these ones all the time, and I look and I'm like, oh shit. Oh, <laughs> all right, inks on me. Hold on, we almost forgot one of the most important things. We need to recognize the patreons we the patrons we do have under our Fuck. specific term. <gasps> yeah. Oh my god. So for our first round of Patreon uh, patrons for this episode, um, when the time this comes live, if you want us to read your name, go and fucking sub violently um i'd like to thank agony grant uh rise specifically i'm not going to drop your full name um hector dbz fan thank you peachy prosperina maddie thank you 
Ray, thank you for your support. Jet, thank you for your support. And that's all of our Super Saiyans, but we have a whole bunch of you who are going to be listening to this, and we just want to say thank you again. Um, reminder, if you join our Patreon, we'll send you stickers, we'll read your name, we'll give you all the love in the world, you can join our Discord under our private channel. We love you, we care about you, we care about any support we get, so just by listening to this, leaving reviews, buying our stickers, everything helps, and thank you guys. Hell yeah. Big motherfucking thank you to everybody who listens, um, who supports either morally or monetarily. Literally just having you guys around means the world to both of us. And with that, we will see you in two weeks. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.